seated. How are you this evening? Good. It's good to see you here. I know you're going to be praying for our youth tonight. We're so excited and so appreciative of their willingness to lead. And uh, it's just a great, great senior class. And, and we're going to miss, miss those who will be leaving Tifton so much. But tonight is an opportunity for them to use their gifts and to uh, be encouraged by your presence and by your prayers here this evening. Hospitalized church members we want to remember at Tift Regional, Robert Pilkington and Betty Thompson. Up at Eggleston in Atlanta, Children's Hospital, Henley Gable. And uh, let's remember Paul Thomas, who will be having shoulder surgery this Wednesday at Tift Regional. Also, Christian sympathy to Mary Rainey and the death of her father, Angie Willis and Chip Rainey and the death of their grandfather, Ray Jensen. So let's bow at this time and lift these up to our Lord. Father, as we come tonight, we thank you for our, our students and for their ministry among us, for... Uh, the discipleship they've been through, for the mission trips they've taken, for the growth they've experienced, and the foundation that has been laid for a lifetime of faithful service in your kingdom. For all of them gathered here, the seniors and, and other classes as well, Lord, we just pray your hand would be upon them in the coming years as they continue to grow and use the gifts that you've entrusted to them. We lift up to you tonight these hospitalized and pray they continue to improve here at Tifton and little Henley up at Eggleston. Lord, we pray that you'll bless and, and ease her breathing and get her home soon. <clears throat> we also pray, um, Lord, for, for Mary Rainey and for Angie and Chip and the loss of their father and grandfather, Mr. Mr. Jensen, and the huge impact he had on this community. Uh, we pray that you would comfort them and, and give them the strength they need in the days ahead. Be with us tonight in worship and open us to hear you speak through our young people and be willing to respond to your calling upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please stand as we sing, Give Us Clean Hands.
us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for just allowing us to come here tonight and to worship you. And I pray that you bless these offerings that are about to be given in your name to glorify your kingdom and to be used to glorify you. And all these things we pray. Amen.
Good evening. My name is Sarah Catherine Bowen, and I'm taking the place of Wayne Ray right now. Um, tonight, I'll be talking to you about comfort zones and lukewarm Christians. But before I start, I'd like to give a shout out to my parents. Yesterday was their 22nd anniversary, and they were married right where I'm standing today. So thank you. I wouldn't be here without y'all. But I'd also like to thank my church family, my friends, my family friends, like Mr. Ray Cross, <laughs> that, <laughs> that are here to support me. I definitely would not be the person I am without all of you, so thank you again. Okay, so why am I up here? Well, a few weeks ago, Bill came up to us and you staff, and he said, um, we're going to be holding you Sunday, and some of you youth are going to be taking over the positions of the pastors. And right when he said that, God just compelled me to preach. He, um, he called me to do the lukewarmness of Christians. It's something that's been on my heart for a long time. And right when he said that, like, I knew that I was supposed to preach. So what happened was is that we had hats, and if you wanted to volunteer for a position, you put your name in the hat. So I wrote my, day, my name in the hat for the pastor position, and I only did that one because I knew I was going to get picked for that one because that's what God called me to do. So I wrote my name down the hat, and he drew the name, and it was no surprise when my name was picked up out of the hat. Um, I don't think it's also a surprise that Brother Wayne was also preaching over these same verses. We didn't talk about it. I think God has a message to tell the church, and it's about lukewarmness. So I would like for y'all to open up your Bibles to Revelations 3, 15 through 16. All right, starting with verse 15. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. All right, let us pray. Dear God, thank you for the opportunity just to come up here and talk to everybody about what you have to say. Um, dear God, you don't like for us to be lukewarm. You rather us be hot or cold. So, dear God, just pray that we will be like hot for you, that we will not choose to be lukewarm or cold. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So, I'm a senior in high school, and there are lots of other people today that are seniors in high school. And we only have two months left before we graduate, and then we're gone. Well, a while back, I asked a friend of mine who graduated what her biggest regret was. And I was expecting her to talk about like some pointless conflict with a friend or not experience something in high school she could have or should have. But instead, she told me something that caught me by surprise. She looked at me and she said, SK, I regret not sharing Christ with my friends when I could have. That conversation happened two years ago, and it still hangs over my head today. So the big question for me and the other seniors tonight, am I just going to ride these last two months out, or am I going to let God work through me? Well, right now I'm just riding it out, but I, just, I don't just see this in my life. I see this in lives like around me.
We're just all being lukewarm Christians. But what is a lukewarm Christian? Well, in Revelations, in verse 16, a lukewarm Christian is described as being neither hot nor cold. Christian artist Matthew West has a song called My Own Little World, and I think the lyrics of this sum it up nicely. It says, I try to stay awake during Sunday morning church. I throw a 20 in the plate, but I never give till it hurts. It's easy to do when it's population me. So a lukewarm Christian is basically a comfortable Christian, a Christian that's taken up pew space, just going to the motion, just a Christian that's there every time the doors are open. I think also maybe you can tell if you're a lukewarm Christian or not if you kind of have this attitude. If you see someone that's not at church and you're mad about it because you had to sit through the sermon and they didn't. Well, <laughs> well, God doesn't want us to be that way. And in Revelations three fifteen through 16, it says, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Well, the Greek word for lukewarm translate, the taste is so unpleasant it causes vomiting. That has a lot stronger meaning than just spitting. That's like God vomiting out lukewarm Christians. But I once heard a quote, and it says, If you're hot, God can use you. And if you're cold, God can save you. But if you're lukewarm, there's nothing he can do with you. So there is absolutely no point in doing it halfway. And it makes God vomit. So. <laughs> so we all need to pick a side. We need to get out of this lukewarm lifestyle and comfort zone that we have created around ourselves. We're way too comfortable. And, I don't know, it's not just because we're not relying on God for day-to-day survival. It's easy to forget. But we tend to only call out to God when we need Him, not just when things are going good. For me, it's easy for me to forget about God in my daily little routine. I wake up, go to school, go to tennis practice, do my homework, eat, go to bed, repeat. It's so easy to forget about God in that little routine. We need to, like, shake up our lives so we can be on fire for God and shake up our routines. So how do we do that? How do we get out of those comfort zones? Well, don't start living on the streets and relying on God for day-to-day survival or make tragedies for yourself so you call out to God. But instead, why don't we try sharing Christ with others? What is more uncomfortable than sharing Christ with your friends? I can't think of anything. I mean, that can make it awkward between you and the friend. Or worse, you can lose the relationship between you and that friend for doing that. But for me, I'm closest to God when I'm on mission trips, but it's because I'm out of my comfort zone. And when I'm out of my comfort zone, I start becoming aware of God around me, and I start getting out of my own little world. Um, the most uncomfortable I've probably ever been on a mission trip was the mission trip to China. Um, Dr. Guo, Victoria, and I were meeting up with the rest of the team in Ningda, China. When we got there, they weren't there, so we waited with a few professors. Well, this is how it works in China. You're not allowed to share Christ with others, but you can be a Christian yourself. So Dana told us before we left that we made sure that we didn't have on Facebook that we were going to China on a mission trip or make sure to tell our friends and family that were going to contact us that we didn't have them say anything about mission trip or sharing God or anything like that. 
So when people asked us what we were doing there, we were simply to say we are teaching English to college students or we are there for a culture exchange. So we were talking to the professors and I had this little gold cross necklace that my grandmother gave me around my neck. I had worn it every day on the trip. And we were talking to one of the professors and he started questioning us. He said, what are you doing here? And we were told to say English, so we said, teach English. And he said, well, where are your lesson plans? And we're like, well, we don't have any. And we're like, do you even know Chinese? We're like, oh, no, not really. So his questions were starting to make me uncomfortable. So I took my cross necklace and I hid it under my shirt so he wouldn't get any ideas of what we were actually there to do. So afterwards, the team came back and we went to our apartment and we tried to go to sleep. We were all tired, we had a long day. So I tried going to sleep, but I kept hearing God say, SK, read your Bible, SK, read your Bible. But I was just like, no God, I'm tired, I don't wanna read my Bible. And um, he kept just saying, SK, read your Bible, SK, read your Bible. So finally I was like, okay. So I found a quiet spot in the apartment. And I was like, okay God, what do you want me to read? And he put this memory in my head of Dana talking about 2 Timothy. So I turned to 2 Timothy. Will you please turn to 2 Timothy with me? All right, I started reading chapter one. I'm not gonna read all the verses, but I'm gonna start with verse eight. All right, verse 8. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. And skip down to verse 12. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What you have heard from me, keep us a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So basically what God was telling me was just guard the message that you're entrusted to tell and guard it by the power of God. And you know, you could say, oh, those verses, you just made those like apply to your situation. But... I know that's not true because then the next verse reads, you know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me. So I knew right then that that was no coincidence and that God had spoken to me. So if you choose to be on fire for God, it has to be done by the power of God. If you just do good deeds in your own strength, that's just us doing good deeds. That has nothing to do, have nothing to do with the glory of God. So. God gave us the free will whether to believe in him or not to believe in him. If we chose to believe in him, we have three choices how we can live out a Christian life. We can be hot, cold, or lukewarm. Whichever one you choose, though, he knows. In Revelations 3.15, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot, I wish you're either one or the other. He says, I know your deeds. We may be able to fool our fellow brothers and sisters what kind of Christian we are, but we can't fool our father. But back to China and 2 Timothy. After I read those verses, I wasn't scared anymore, and I kept out my gold necklace. 
And I knew what God called me to do. I just had to choose whether I was going to be on fire for God and do it or not. Well, I chose to be on fire for God. And as a result, I saw God work through us to penetrate the hearts of the college students of Nangden Normal University. Um, I have a video of some of the things that happened there. There's some of the amazing things. But the first thing that I want you to see is Sonny getting baptized. And this could only be accomplished by the power of God. Christ in death. Under, 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 under. China, but that was awesome. And then another thing I want y'all to see is um, these are college students singing worship songs to God. Um, this goes against their culture, their religion, and even some of their families. So this this was only accomplished by the power of God. This was really special. this happen when Christians choose to be on fire for God. Alright, so if you're a hot, God can use you. If you're a cold, then God can save you. But if you're lukewarm, there's nothing God can do with you. It's like those friends that we've all had. We've all had those loyal, awesome friends. You can kind of relate that to being on fire for Christ. We've also had those friends that are almost like our enemies that we just don't like. We're kind of cold towards them. But then we've also had those friends that we don't really know if they like us or not, and if we're going to tell something to them, if they're going to go and tell somebody else and whatever. So I'd rather have a person that's a cold or hot towards me. I'd rather not have someone that's in the middle. So I think that's how God feels about us. Um, a lot of our youth have just gotten back from mission trips, and I know they must have all been out of their comfort zones. So the question to them now is, are you going to continue the fire, or are you just going to get back in your comfort zone and back in your lukewarm routine? Um, I like challenges, personally, but this is the most important challenge that God gave us. The Christian life just isn't about being comfortable, and it doesn't matter where you are, mission trip or not, Africa, Georgia, Tipton, it's all the same. Is Jesus going to rule your life or not, or are you just going to coast through? Let's pray. Dear God, you don't want us to be cold or lukewarm for you, dear God, but you'd rather us be cold. But there's so many awesome things that you have planned for us. If only opened up to you and be hot for you, dear God. So, dear God, I pray that this message will just penetrate our hearts and that we will be on fire for you. In your name we pray. Amen.
letter from a sister church in our association. So if you join with me in welcoming Amber into our church family and making a place for her in your life, would you let it be known by saying amen? Amen. You come by and speak to Amber on your way out this evening. Amber and Victoria and and SK um, and Lauren, thank you for doing 